This is One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Sixth day here at One Bills Live. Steve Tasker here along. Chris Brown is on a, I think I'm saying he's on assignment. He's not. Is, he it, is. is it a big assignment? His, his assignment is to show up here tomorrow so I don't have to do host the show. Um, Steve Tasker along with Josh Reed. Josh, thanks for being here, man. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Um, we're both wearing the uh, commemorative T-shirts, and if you can't tell, there's a little bit of background noise. We are in the Wegmans on McKinley Parkway here over in Blaisdell, New York, and right across from uh, McKinley Mall. We're going to be here for the entire show. And just in case you you know, you didn't realize 716 Day, for the first hour of this show, Wegmans is matching any donation you give to uh, 716 Day, uh, matching it up to $12,500. Nice little gesture by Wegmans. They're going to do the same thing tonight at 8 p.m. So Wegmans jumping on board twice today, uh, starting here with our show today. Josh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you. Good weekend. Yeah, great weekend. Uh, you know, Jay, the producer, asked me a couple of weeks ago if I'd join you and hang out. And I was like, hey. <laughs> thousand percent especially on a day you know like today you know yeah. the next couple of days and everything yeah we get, we're trying to trying mark to time some, for training camps. money training camp this is a great day yeah. i mean this they've raised over 2.2 million in the two years they've done it um everybody jumps on board with this it's just been it's been a really nice event and i think it's becoming quickly it's becoming one of those things that uh, yeah kind of everybody gets gets you know um 716 day, it runs yesterday, last night from 716, yesterday, 716 p.m. through Tuesday, 716 a.m. Uh, tomorrow. Uh, 500 participating charities, you probably all heard this, I'm going to do it anyway, though. Um, 500 participating charities that are fundraising this year's Give 716 pain. It's a campaign. The first 3,000 people who gave, which may be already gone already, who gave at least $71.60 are going to receive a T-shirt. Uh, 716.org is the website. 716, or I'm sorry, give716.org is the website. Um, and people, prominent people in the community are kind of sponsoring these finger quote power hours um at one o'clock like i said wegmans is doing our show today so from now if you go to give716.org and give wegmans is going to match the money all the way up till twelve thousand five hundred, which makes it obviously 25 grand the show we could raise on the show today for bills fans and and everybody else who's listening and then at one o'clock no we're on at one at two o'clock <laughs> at two o'clock sean and jamie McDermott are going to match twenty grand. That's great. So, if thing if we if we get it going, we there could be sixty five grand in the kitty after the, today's show, which would be nice. Yeah, that'd be great. And it, it, the total raised right now on the website is six hundred and forty four thousand, almost six hundred and forty five thousand dollars. So, getting close to that one point one that was raised last year. And and I, you know the 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 nice thing about the website. You know, when you go to it and look to make a donation, is they they make it dummy proof. I mean, it, well, hello there. Well, you say that. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, I'm telling oh. you, if I can figure it out, it, it's it's dummy proof. I mean, you get on there, and it's just a couple of clicks, and, and you're good to go, and you get a chance. It looks like there's still over 600 of the t-shirts um, remaining too. As we as you said that, you said hello. Most people, <laughs> our radio there. listeners can't can't hear it, see it, but Billy Buffalo just leaned in over our shoulder, so he's hanging out here at the at the uh, 
at Wegmans on McKinley Parkway with us. Uh, it's good to see you, Billy. Give me a handshake there. I know you, Billy doesn't say much. No. Uh, so, which is good because we have a lot to say. <laughs> right. We got a lot going on. But here we are, 716 day here at Wegmans. Wegmans has always been a, a huge part of the community. Billy knows that. Josh, you and I have seen it firsthand. Mm-hmm. It's been, uh, it's been awesome to see this event and this initiative take off like it has yeah and you go down through the list of the different companies that are involved and it it, it's i don't want to say it's always the same list but it's nice to see that it's pretty consistent you know it's it's the it's the companies that you kind of just expect high mark you know those kind of of m&t bank dave and adams you know just to name a couple of them off the top of my head it's it's great though because Key Bank, yeah, Key Bank's another Sean one. Sean and Jamie McDermott, like we mentioned, yep. uh, you get you know the Zabers and Bills are obviously neck deep in this as sure. well, and uh, one Buffalo. The whole, and that's the where whole it starts, right? Yeah. I mean, because you know you, you mentioned Sean and Jamie. I mean, Sean's all about being a leader, and when these type of things happen, yeah. you have to have that kind of leader, and yeah. you know you lead from the front, and right? He does it, and he, he certainly does. And uh, you're right that the, the website couldn't be easier. I mean, it's Presto Changer. Mm-hmm. You can get like, you know. Obviously, you can give seven dollars and sixteen cents. Mm-hmm. It, it may, means a difference. It's awesome, um, and a ton of people do just exactly that. Um, you, there's T-shirts like we're wearing the T-shirts. You can get autographed paraphernalia from both the Sabers and the Bills for making certain donations. And these power hours that are coming up throughout the day are really going to make a difference. It's going to be fun, and and it's I love it. A seven one six day, you know the seven one six area code and all the people and the Bills fans. It's just one more way that you know we're. It, there's a lot in it. There's a lot in this. Bills, Sabers, Buffalo, and their fans, and the seven-one-sixth thing, and the way Bills. And I've said this along. You notice it too. It's a unifying thing. Um, I think more so than anything, our the community is rallies around the teams, and the seven-one-sixth and each other like no other fan base. Yeah, it's community. That's the word that you yeah. used. I mean, that's that's what it is. And a lot of <laughs> the success of this, a lot of it has to do with how involved the Bills and the Sabres are in the community because it doesn't work if it's not that joint venture and it's not hand-in-hand. It just doesn't work the way it does. Right. So we're getting this 716 day, which means we're about, we are exactly 10 days away from training camp for the Bills starting. Yes, sir. And, you know, Billy's acting like he's been working out. Billy's been working out. He's one of the two people in the planet that are excited about training camp, right? That's right. Because he... Nobody, the players, now, nah, the coach, nah, maybe, yeah, okay. No, nah, that's not true. Everybody's kind of excited about it. Going back to St. John Fisher, it's going to be great. They're only there for two and a half weeks. And, you know, it's, I think it's a really, so you and I were talking before we went on the air, it's a real signal as to how the league has evolved. I mean, when I first came into the league, it was a five- or six-week training camp, two practices every day for a couple of weeks, preseason game, preseason game, preseason game, preseason game, four of them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and that was two weeks before that. So it's like, you know, it took forever. It really took forever. And there was only when I got in the league, it was the first year, I believe, where they could only have like 85 or 90 guys in camp. It used to be, it was like 120 guys. They brought in everybody. And now it's, it's from then till now, it's evolved, changed. The rosters have gotten slightly bigger. Training camp rosters have gotten slightly smaller. Camps have gotten shorter. They've gotten less intense less physical um and amazingly having said that the game is actually better in my opinion oh i couldn't agree more i i think it's <laughs> you get through the first three days of practice they go wednesday thursday friday off day saturday sunday 
you threw that first week, and all of a sudden it's like, well, hit. there's only seven more practices. Yeah, they can't up even there. put pads on for those first, you know, three or four practices or five practices. I can't remember what it is. It's like a week. You can't put on pads. Then they finally do, and then that's the next step. And then they're playing games, you know. And there's only three. Well, one of the things that we learned from COVID when it comes to tying in with sports was, you know, COVID happened, and you know there was no. <laughs> Billy got booted. Yeah, Billy, Billy, See, Billy got, he got bounced. Away. He got bounced. A lot of people want to talk to Billy. <laughs> the, you know, there was no training camp, you know, during COVID and everything. And right. then the product on the field, you looked at it and went, well, did it really change? Did it really impact it a whole lot? And I, I think no, the answer really. was not really. not really. I mean, the guys were still superstars out there it's, and doing their thing. Yeah, it's the reason it's different. Is be, and I hate to say, I don't want to be cynical. It's the money. And it changed yeah. when I was when I started playing. Um, the old guys when I first came in the league, the old guys leaving were like, "Wow, you're awesome, man! You guys are really making a lot of cash now, you know, right?" It's never changed. And then when I, you know, when the old guys left when I was playing, they were like, "Wow, you guys are really starting to make money." <laughs> yeah. Then when I left, the old guys were like, "Wow, you I guys are really starting." Start it's still go, the money's going up, but and I, and I, you can laugh, but the difference is this: these guys are incentivized by by their career to get be ready when they show up. Uh, they're pro athletes. It wasn't that way when I first came in the league. I was playing with the older guys on rosters. I was a professional athlete from the time I got drafted. I didn't do anything else. Didn't have an off-season job. Didn't have a second thing I was doing. I was a, I was working to be a better football player year-round. But I was kind of one of the first generation guys to do that. Now everybody does. And so training camp isn't about training, getting into shape. You show up in shape ready to play. So they don't really... You know, you don't need to come in and spend four weeks of like, like in like in the military getting. You spend you know eight or ten weeks getting in shape. These guys are in shape year round, most of them. And really, what they need to do is just heal up. And once they do that, they're ready to go again. And so, this training camp we were just saying it's only they're only over there for two two and a half weeks. That's all you need. That's and they really have all cooks they need. now. Like these guys have professional chefs. That are making sure that they're eating the right stuff. They have nutritionists. The teams, you know, the teams they, help them too. Yeah, you know? I mean, they, so to your point, they're not showing up needing to get into shape. They're already right. in shape. They're, they're showing up to just fine tune things and you know get basically yeah. back in the playbook. I would think. Right. Steve Tasker, along with Josh Reed, uh, WIBV, WIVB TV sports directors. Thanks for coming in and co-hosting with me today. Seven one six day. We're here. Uh, until 3 o'clock. We're got a lot of stuff going on around the league over the weekend. I know you heard this. Um, the the uh, DeAndre Hopkins saga came to a close for this offseason. He signed with the Tennessee Titans. It's reportedly a two-year, $26 million deal. $12 million of the first year is guaranteed. And next year he could get $15 million plus incentives to make it even higher than that. Once you heard that two-year, $26 million deal, you understood why the Chiefs and Bills were like, like had no shot anyway. Yeah, I mean, they, I, I wasn't so sure they had much of a shot even before I heard the number. I think most of the the, the two teams that you kind of heard surrounding them, especially lately, were the Titans and, and the Patriots. Um, I, to me, you know, he, when he became a free agent officially and, you know, you saw stuff on social media and it was him really kind of pushing the narrative of, I've made my money, I've got my stats, I, I need to win a ring. I want to make a deep playoff push. Well, I mean, if, if the Titans are where you choose to go to make your deep playoff push, yeah. 
Well, I mean, here's the thing, too, and I, and I get luck. that. He's probably tr- he probably was saying that in a genuine fashion. You know, as a former player, I know that. You'd love to win and, and stuff. That's before you know any of the numbers. And if the, but if you're going to make – you make a $12 million from 99.9% of the people in America, that's life-changing. Sure. That's life-changing. But you isn't life-changing it. for him? He's already no. made so much money. No, but it's, it would be almost irresponsible to take a deal like for 3 or $4 million, which is what you're talking about. For these other teams, you're talking two or three million from the Bills, four, three or four million from the Chiefs or thereabouts. You're talking twelve million bucks right out of the gate, with a chance at fifteen after that. You can't responsibly say no to that. Give me some insight on this. How how much sway does the Players Association have when it comes to stuff like that? When 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 they're because they you know they've got a guy, they've got one of the the union. You know they're they're probably not going. Yeah, sure. Take the deal, you know. Go, go chase the ring. Yeah. I would think that they would go. No, you go get money. Go take the money. Yeah, the the, the union doesn't have it. No, DeAndre Hopkins is not talking to anybody at the NFLPA about which deal okay. he's going to take. Okay. None. None. So none. The, okay. the union, the NFL association, the, the players' association is sitting there waiting for him to make a decision. And then, then moving from that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Saying yeah, it's it's a guy. He's in ten years, and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean. Um, he's a, he's got 853 career receptions, 1,100 and almost 12,000 yards, 853 receptions, 12,000 close to yards, and 71 touchdowns. He missed a total of two games his entire career up till first eight years of his career. In the last two years, he's missed 15 games. Last year he had you know obviously missed uh, six games or seven games. This year, last year the first six games he was out with a with a suspension but he ended the season with 64 receptions and 717 yards he was headed towards a pretty good year even with kyler murray being out of the lineup down there so he came in and helped them even though he kind of pulled the ripcord at the end of the season didn't play in that last game uh that's a guy that really made a difference for that team uh but he has been in and out of the, he has been in and out of the lineup for the last two years with injuries um uh, and like you said, many people thought the Patriots going to be the logical landing spot for him. But twenty-six million dollars, Patriots ain't playing, paying him twenty-six million dollars. No, and I don't know over that two years. I, I don't know. I mean, does he make the Titans that much better? Uh, obviously, he makes them better. Does he push them past Jacksonville? I don't think so. I mean, when you look at that division here, here's you know the upside for that choice for him and thinking postseason is that division is not good right jacksonville's good and then it's the rest you know but i don't know that he makes tennessee well tennessee's got Traylon burks as well they've got kyle phillips both two young guys um d hop i don't know if there's a team in a vacuum for one season i don't know that there's too many teams in the league that would take Traylon burks over D Hop, although Traylon Burks is probably at this point a better athlete than he is, and maybe maybe as good a receiver. But D Hop, if you throw it to him, he's catching it. The guy's got a he's a vacuum cleaner, and he's got an enormous catch radius. He's going to make some catches nobody else does. And so, I think he there's no question he's going to make them better when he's healthy and in the lineup. That guy makes them better. Can they get him the ball consistently? Well, Ryan Tannehill. Right. Yeah. yeah, Malik Willis. Yeah. I don't know. You know, Not I don't exactly know. jumping up we'll and down. See. Yeah, I mean. we'll see. Tannehill can sling it. I mean, he the guy's 
the guy's got an arm. He's a good athlete. He's all that, you know. He's all that, and he's and he's got a veteran mind now too after playing so long. But and D Hop is going to help that team. But you know, Mike Vrabel doesn't seem like the kind of head coach who's going to tolerate a wide receiver who doesn't want to practice, and that's been D Hop's reputation up to this point. Uh, maybe that'll change at the end of his career. But and they drafted Levis, the quarterback. They drafted, they drafted Will Levis. Levis. I, is Will Levis going to beat out? No. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't think so. There's no way. But, I mean, I, no way. I just don't know that. I don't know. D-Hop makes him better. He does not put him over the top. I don't think so. He doesn't not doesn't put him over the top. So we'll have to wait and see. Derrick Henry, sooner or later, is going to turn into a human being. And yeah. he's going to be in his mid-30s as a running back, and that's not a good place to be. He hasn't been there yet. He's pretty good still. Uh, very good still. But at some point that'll happen, and when it does, it's going to happen fast. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Tennessee had a ways to go there. You know, they're, the expectations are low. That's one thing. D Hop could raise that. It does certainly does give them some buzz to sell tickets and that kind of thing. But we'll have to see. Um, and that was is kind of where our uh, our Twitter question of the day comes from today. Um, the question we put to our listeners is now that DeAndre Hopkins is off the table for the Bills, how do you feel about Buffalo's wide receiver group headed into the season? Uh, we've got a ton of people chiming in on that. We'll get to those later in the show, but you know, for right now the D-Hop thing I kind of was, to me, the longer it went actually the longer it went I was thinking, well, you know one of these other teams, you know, the Bills or the Chiefs or you know, the Chargers were you know, sneak into the conversation all of a sudden they signed him because there were no offers or the offers dried up, and he had to go. He wanted to play somewhere. He's not going to take a year off. But, you know, obviously, when you sign that kind of deal, Titans wanted him pretty badly. Yeah, I, I, I was never sold on the idea of him coming to Buffalo. I just didn't think. I think we've seen this happen in the past where you don't have to go back that far. J.J. Watt, remember when he was, oh, yeah. you know, that name was being one that was thrown around, and, yeah, yeah. and he was also one of those guys that said, I've, I've made my money, I have my stats, it's, goes, it's all about winning a championship. Right. And, you know, the money wasn't there for teams like the Bills and the true contenders, but he circled back at the end of the day and took the paycheck. Right. I mean, I don't blame, look, I don't blame these guys for taking the paycheck. I'm just saying that it's, it's kind of hard to hear them constantly, the superstar free agents go, look, it's all about winning championships now in my career, that, now that it's later, and then go, and then at the end, it's still, you follow the dollar bill, and that's where you're going to find rhetoric. your answer. It's yeah. rhetoric. Yep. Yes. Also in, the, in news, NFL News and Notes, is Steve Task along with Josh Reed here. Tyreek Hill says he's going to get 2,000 yards this year. He's got a chance at it. And if you don't believe him, just ask, if you don't believe me, just ask him. He's, he'll tell you. He said it's on his getting 2,000 yards on his bucket list to get before he leaves the league. 2,000 yards and another Super Bowl. We get in that, believe that. That's a quote from Tyreek that was attributed to him. He was on pace. Let me tell you something. People call him crazy. But he was on pace for that last year. Through nine, Remember that? Through nine games last year, he had 1,104 yards. And then Tua gets hurt, and the other quarterback gets hurt. He ended, and he had 119 receptions for 1,710. And folks, you know it. That's a monster of a year, and with Tua being in and out of the lineup, uh, that takes a lot of starch out of his ability to kind of stretch that that season into what it could have been. 
Um, Jalen Waddle, Braxton Berrios are the other two wide receivers in his in his uh, room. And the, to me, the Dolphins are a team that are fully on board. They, they feel like they got to win now, and they are fully on board with what we call the arms race in the AFC. they they got to score points to beat people because their defense, despite the addition of Jalen Ramsey, their defense has not been good enough to win games for them. It, the extra game, you know, that they added a couple years ago, that 2,000 number changes a little bit. I'm not yeah, saying it's, it's not still a huge number. It's still, still a huge number, but it's not quite what it was because there's an extra game now that you have good point. to work with. Um, good point. But I, I just think that, I don't know, 1,700 yards, is, to your point, is, is such a huge number. And to think that he's still 290 away, I don't know. I, and, and he's, uh, you know, he's saying, look, Two is in and out of the lineup, and I still got the seventeen hundred. Okay, are you sure he's still not going to be in and out of the lineup? I mean, well, what leads you to believe that he's still not going to be in and out of the too. lineup? Tua may may struggle to stay healthy again this year, but it, nobody knows quite quite what. If it was an ankle for Tua, nobody'd give it a second thought. They think, yeah, he's going to do it. But concussions tend to have a connotation about nobody their unpredictability, uh, and people just aren't as confident of a guy to being able to stay away from that injury as they are an ankle or a knee or a shoulder or what have you. And he's playing six games in this division with against two of them against the healthy Tredavious White now. Two of them against Sauce Gardner, who, I, if he's, he's not the best, he's, he's, he's getting the there. He's yeah. getting there. And, and the Patriots have a good defensive backfield. So sure. And drafted a ton of defensive players. So uh, – that's, that's a big chunk of your schedule going up against some elite defensive that's backs. Right. But, though, you know, I think you know, Tyreek has never been shy about putting it out and there. And that's why and he's he good. Again. Yeah, he's what I mean. Well, yeah, right? I mean, it's not the only reason he's good. But, but what I'm saying is like, nothing he knows he's, he's good. Yeah, he really does. And, and, uh, and he acts like it. Also, one of the other things around the NFL, the, um, uh, the Athletic did a survey of NFL executives, NFL coaches, and NFL scouts. They came up with a top ten quarterback list. And as you would imagine, Josh is in the top three like he always is with Mahomes and Joe Burrow. It goes Mahomes, Joe Burrow, then Josh. And then it gets a little surprising yes. after that. Because, you know, once you get down, you know, we start having these conversations. Um, it goes Aaron Rodgers at four, Justin Herbert at five, Jalen Hurts at six, Lamar Jackson at seven, Trevor Lawrence at eight, Dak Prescott at nine, Matt Stafford at ten. The first NFC quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts at number six, and then Dak Prescott and Matt Stafford round out the last, the top ten. But uh, I think Aaron Rodgers being number four might be a little bit of a recency bias uh, about just you know him making a bigger difference on a Jet team that seemed to be an Aaron Rodgers away from being a Super Bowl contender last year. Yeah, I. The fact that he's number four on that list almost makes me go, all right, this list isn't legit. Right, throw it out. <laughs> right? I I mean, to me, putting him ahead of Herbert and Hertz is just insane. I mean. Well, I, I, I'd put Trevor I, Lawrence in there, too. Trevor Lawrence is a guy. I mean, he got Jacksonville. Last year he made that step. He made a step, and he's got this is his third year, too. So you're right. There's a handful of guys that are there with Aaron Rodgers. Now, certainly Aaron's got has proven more, but he's also lost more mm-hmm. uh, being a 16-year guy. But I, I love these, these lists because, you know, you can 
trans, you know, transpose two guys, you know, like four goes to five, five goes to four, uh, or whatever. Uh, Jalen Hurts gets into this conversation because of the, the great team he's on, in my opinion. Uh, good quarterback, no question, and he's young, too. His upside is huge. But if you talk to people and, and go back and listen to the rhetoric coming in and around the playoffs last year with Philly, their team was awesome. And you almost get the, the question, you, you almost get the idea that there's like nine quarterbacks who could have taken that team to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, any on that list, the right. top ten that you just said would have right. would have would have taken. I don't know that you can that. make the same argument for some of the other guys. Yeah, certainly, those now most of these guys could play anywhere, of course. But um, any of these ten could, and maybe the ten after them could have gotten Philly to the quarter. To the, that's the idea, though. I'm. You can debate that all day, but but that's the perception I had of Jalen Hurts. But yet they've got him number six in the NFL here. The NFL wants Aaron Rodgers to be so. Oh my gosh! They they, they are just they want him to be good in such a bad way. I mean they yeah. are just yeah they they need they want him to be good. And here's the thing, it, it's it, on the other side of the coin, they want him to be really really good and prominent and dominant again, or they want to. To just burn, they, yeah. right? There's no. They don't want. They don't, want, they don't want it to be a nine-win Jets team yeah. or a ten-win Jets team. They That's want right. it to be a fifteen-win Jets team or a or fifteen-loss or fifteen-loss Jets team, That's right? Because right. either way, you've got a heck of a storyline if it's one of those two things. That's exactly right. Steve Tasker, Josh, we're going to take a break here. After the break, we've got Michelle Roberts. He's the executive director of the Buffalo Bills Foundation with more. To, on Give 716. That's coming up right after the break. Here with Steve Tasker, Josh Reed on Buffalo Bills Radio. This is One Bills Live. Welcome back to One Bills Live. Steve Tasker, Josh Reed. Pleased to be joined now by Executive Director of the Buffalo Bills Foundation to give us some more information on Give 716. Michelle Roberts. Michelle, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. You met Josh? Josh? How are you? Yes, we did. Yes, how are you? Everything good? Yes, everything's great. It's always funny because we, you know, Josh and I are on the air a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when some would say too much. She brings her family. <laughs> she brings her whole, the whole gang came in <laughs> to say hi. Michelle brings in the whole gang. It's it's cool. It's good. It's good to see you. Oh hi. Thank you. Appreciate you. Somebody, everybody stopping by. Yes, there you go. Speaking of fan base, just outside oh, the produce station here in the back. Right. Yeah, somebody picked up a side salad and right. stopped by to tell Steve he's still handsome. We're, yeah, we're. Is that what she said? I yeah, I couldn't hear what she, she said. said. You're still handsome after all these years. No wonder I couldn't hear it. Um, so we're in Wegmans on McKinley Parkway here in Orch- in Blaisdell, and and I they just said us. I told them they could have set us right in the middle of the produce section where everybody's at, but. Not, uh, we're in the cafe section, so we get people coming by, as we just did. So, Michelle. Yes. 716, give 716. We're up to $650,000 so mm-hmm. far. Give us a little bit of what we come coming on. I know Sean McDermott and Jamie yes. are coming on. At one, yes. or not, they're not coming on, but they're coming power up. hour and that yep. kind of thing. Yep. Go ahead. So, um, we have some different incentives and power hours coming up all afternoon today. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up next at 2 o'clock, Sean and Jamie McDermott are going to match the first $20,000 in donations to and give716.org. Now, that means that anyone can choose any charity that they want. There's over 500 participating charities, and they can donate to that charity. And dollar for dollar, Sean and Jamie McDermott are going to match it up to $500. So, they donate $100 to five different 
different charities, they will match dollar for dollar those $500, five $100 donations. So we've got Sean and Jamie coming out following that. Um, At 3 o'clock, we have 300 special New Era caps. These are made specifically for Give 716. You cannot purchase these anyplace. These have the Give 716 logo and the team stripes on it. So that's at 3 o'clock. And then we've got some Jaybirds jerseys coming up at 5 and then some different matching hours um, throughout the afternoon. And and if you, you know, those listening on the radio can't see the hat. Those hats are really nice. I we were yeah. we were looking at it's the commercial break matches. coming in. We both, Steve and I both went. I wonder if that if that gets left behind. Steve and I might have to wrestle for that hat. That's a, that's a slick right. hat. That's well, nice. see, here's the thing because you always see it's one of those hats that somebody's go, hey, where where'd you get right. that? Where'd you get that? Because there's one of a kind, right? Yeah, they yep. they make them for a special thing, and it yeah, it's awesome. And and quite honestly, this was initially a t-shirt design we had all these different oh, really? design ideas and we thought you know what that looks that looks like a really cool hat idea yep. so we pitched <laughs> it to new era to say hey could you make up some hats for give 716 and they did and so we created a power hour specifically around that so that's a real new addition to give 716 this year yeah so we've got that going on and and like you said throughout the day and even wegmans is even during this hour right now yep. it's a $12,500 matching yep. hour and they're going to do the exact same thing at 8 p.m tonight they're going to yep. come back online so wegmans is in this you know, they're neck yes. deep into this, like like Jamie and Sean. And Wegmans was one of the first ones to start. Oh, yeah. We've got, yeah. you know, a lot of our, our corporate partners um, have joined in alongside us to support Give716 and really leverage the donations um, of our fans to support these local charities. So those are going directly to those charities. You know, so you pick out your small or large. We've got some really big charities that have right. big development departments, you know, some of the different hospital foundations and stuff. And then you've got some real small mom and pop, mm-hmm. 100% volunteer charities. So the best of Western New York is represented um, within the charities at give716.org. So you've got this going on. And of course, this is the, you're the Bills Foundation. Yep. Sabres are into this as well. Yep. And, we, and it's, it's all, we're all about that. Marty and Duffer were on it from 12 to 1 doing their thing as well from, from, uh, Key Bank Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us an idea of, you know, they've raised over $2 million over the last two years that yeah. this thing's been going, and, yeah. and the goal is to kind of do that again, right? We're hoping. You yeah. know, we're hoping to, to match or exceed last year's $1.1 million raised last year, the same amount the first year. We've seen time and time again Western New York come out and Bills and Sabres fans alike come out for for the charities that oh, means yeah. so much to our community. We feel like we have a really unique um, fan base that is really about giving. Um, so we started this during COVID when all those fundraisers were shut down. You know, all these events, we weren't doing in-person events, and we thought, how, how can we help them? And we saw Bill's Mafia, you know, come together so many times around a different cause, and we thought, can we kind of recreate that here? So the Bills and the Sabres Foundations, we put our money together, um, the Bills and Sabres budgets, you know, we, we came together to buy the T-shirts and pay for a lot of the expenses here um, to really provide a platform for any charity in Western New York to participate, and, and we really have seen them come out. Um, I know uh, if you guys are like like me, um, I've gotten emails from any charity that I've ever worked with right, um, throughout sure. Western New York. And it's awesome, and it's it's always a good idea to attach yourself to something bigger and better. I mean, like the Sabers and Bills coming together to do it. I yeah. mean, both of them are huge here in the city anyway. Yep. But to join forces like this and to you know get these. Household names in Western New York as well, like yes. Wegmans and, and Highmark yes. and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yes. yes, we've seen that time and time again. One thing I do want to mention that doesn't get as much publicity as those power hours. Um, from 
Every hour from now through 6 a.m., the Bills and the Sabres Foundations are giving three $500 grants every hour to any charity. Well, to charities that receive $25 or more in, in that hour. So any charity that receives $25, a $25 donation or more during a particular hour is going to be entered into a drawing. And every hour we pick three of them. It's completely oh, nice. random. Um, so if anyone's up at midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m., those are not going to be as popular an hour. So if you donate right. $25, that charity that you donate to has a better chance of earning that $500 grant. One of the three so to 500 every hour. Three That's awesome. So it's awesome. totally random, but we, you know, encourage people to go on the website, find a charity that's maybe by, you know, with a cause that is important to them, um, or from a town, you know, in their hometown, um, you can search them and find and, and we can encourage at all hours, especially awesome. those overnight hours. That's a good idea. Consider. Over 500 charities. I think that's such a big thing yeah. with this. It's not going to two or three charities. I mean... If there's a cause that you have a strong feeling for, you can find it on yes. the list of over right. 500. It's and right now it looks like the total raise is almost at 658 thousand dollars. So, you know, you said the goal was kind of to get to that 1.1 mark or yes. exceed it. You know, obviously yeah. that'd be the goal, but it's it, we're getting there, getting we're there slowly there. but surely. Right. So, we've got a packed afternoon, so we're yeah. hoping that with all of these matches coming up. Yeah. Um, that we we should be able to get the well, we're, we're certainly helpful. we've certainly got people listen to us. I hear it everywhere we go. You know, I listen to sure if you're listening, you know, kick in seven dollars and sixteen cents or so, and uh, and right. it'd be great. Right, it'd be great. right, and and pick out your favorite one. You know, do that's five charities that right. are seven sixteen oh, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. in mm-hmm. your town or a cause that's important to you. The creativity of finding different ways for people to give has been phenomenal. Like and like Josh said, when you go on the website, it's absolutely dumb. I mean, I figured out how to do it. I uh, yes. mean, right? I mean, it's so <laughs> easy to give. Pick your pick a donation or pick a charity, donate yeah. whatever you want, um, and the incentives are there. You know, there's T-shirts, hats, all of that stuff, and and yeah. of course, like always, if the more you give, the better that the better the deal is. You know. Right. Right. And for and for us, we 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 don't care where anyone donates. We just want. We really hope and encourage everyone just to donate to someone somewhere, right. you know, from fan, Bills fans near and wide, you know, right here in Western New York or the, or those, um, you know, that are living in other cities, it you has, know, coming around together for the gift set for 716. Right. It has been my observation. We've talked about it on the air. Brownie and I and Josh, you've noticed this as well. One of the things that has set Western New York and particularly Bills fans apart is, uh, is their charitable aspect of what they do, even to other teams and and the yeah. Andy Dalton gifts from years ago were yep. started it and it has become part of who they are yeah. of yeah. giving to charities and things that have touched them in, yeah. a, in not just from Bills players but also to Bills opponents yeah. and the NFL at large just finding a way to be, to participate yep. and being generous that's one of the things that is that sets this fan base apart the other thing that sets them apart is their affection for each other Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to be a Philadelphia Eagles fan or a Cowboys fan or whatever, but if you're a Bills fan, you're part of a family. And that's yeah. that mafia means family kind of slogan. It's really, there's something yeah. to that. Yeah. This 716 day um, typifies that to a degree that is, I think, really obvious. 
it's a measurable way. I mean, yeah. you can see we can see the number of donations pouring in since um, the website opened yesterday, right. and we see that constantly, you know, time and time again. Bills fans coming out for the for their community, and you're right, it is synonymous. You know, Bills fans are synonymous with giving, and and they do that. And our charities really feel the love. Um, right. You know, it's. It's a great way for our teams to work with so many organizations. You know, it's a blessing that we've had to be able to have all of these webinars to work with so many over 500 charities. You know, oftentimes we all have our focus areas mm -hmm. and, and this gives us an opportunity to stretch that. Mm -hmm. And anyone that's, you know, that's doing some good for Western New York, if you are a, you know, 501c3 charity right. in good standing with the IRS, come along. <laughs> you know, if you're yeah. providing services, right. you know, uh, Please, you know, join us with this. Um, so it's a really neat way to bring this community together like we've never done, you know, before before this existed. I mean. Before we break here, um, 716, give 716 t-shirts. There's available. You got 3,000 of them available. 20, almost 2,500 of them are gone. So if you give $71.06, you can get one of these t-shirts. doesn't matter what charity you give it to. doesn't matter just, at all. Just yeah. if you give that much, you're going to get a chance. You'll get one of these t-shirts. You've got you just about 500 of them left. So, um, Michelle Roberts, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Um, what Any last thoughts before we... We go to commercial about what you want to tell people? No, I just encourage them to go to give716.org, take a look at the schedule, see what's coming right. up, and pick their favorite charity. You know, just get involved. And we really want everyone, you know, to consider participating and supporting those causes that really are here for us. They're right. not profits. They are here to provide essential services, um, you know, to address the needs of Western New York. So please consider joining joining with us on this. Michelle Roberts, thank you so much for being here. It's the Steve Tasker, Josh Reed. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we can take some phone calls if you want uh, to give us a call about the Bills' wide receiver room now that DeAndre Hopkins is off the table, what your thoughts are about that. We'll be here taking your calls and taking and reading your tweets uh, about the Buffalo Bills here on 716 Day. Steve Tasker, Josh Reed, this is Buffalo Bills Radio, and this is One Bills Live. Welcome back to One Bills Live. Steve Tasker here with Josh Reed. We're, it's, it, we're busy here at Wegmans uh, between breaks. People are coming up, saying hello, taking pictures. Uh, yeah, Grab we, yourself some potato salad we and some sausages. Yeah, Stop right. by and say hi. We didn't even we didn't get a chance to say anything about the last segment with Michelle Roberts. She came on. She did a great job. Uh, now my glasses are busted, too, so here we go. Uh, what am I going to do? <laughs> so anyway, now I don't know how to act now without my glasses. <laughs> But anyway, we're here uh, at Wegmans on Give 716 Day. Uh, it's really a, a cool event. And you know this like I do. Sometimes when the place where you work has something going on or whatever, you know, company picnic or, well, you name it, one of the things. And, and it's kind of like a work day or volunteer day. A lot of companies do that. You can tell when, it, when they're doing it and when they really mean it. And at One Bill's Drive... <laughs> They really mean it with seven one six day. Yeah, it's the not organization, half done. Yeah. it is fully baked. They are. It is. Everybody it is all the and way it, out there, and they and are happens, rolling out the red carpet. And it's awesome from the top down, from Kim and Terry all the way down through Sean and Brandon. Yeah, I mean they are fully on board with yep. it. Sean and and Jamie, his wife, are matching funds uh, this next hour, at, starting at two o'clock. They're coming up with twenty thousand dollars for you know to match the donations that come in during that for um, all the 
the gifts and stuff that, you know, Bills fans or Sabres fans or any fans or Sean McDermott fans uh, want to give and donate during that time, they'll match it up to $20,000. Um, uh, and that's one of the re- mentioned this already, but it is one of the reasons it's successful is because Sean and the players they're so tangible they're so they're out in the community and and you know the fans know them they feel like they're they're a part of the team and the community and the it's just it all goes hand in hand and that's what drives it i've said a lot um i was talking to one of my friends in the broadcast industry at one of the night games here in buffalo and we, we had we were touching base and catching back up and he said you know i was telling him what i was doing you know and he, we asked about each other's families and stuff. And he goes, oh, so you're, you know, the kids, my got grand, you know, grandkids. Mm-hmm. I got a whole clan here in Western New York. And he says, so you're like, you're like football royalty here in, in Western New York. And I said, and I almost said, said yeah. And I said, uh, it's, it's better than that. It's better than that. It's, I'm actually family. I'm yeah. not royalty. Oh, I'm yeah. family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's like. Uh, people treat me like I'm part of, of their family. Right. I belong to them. Yep. And my family belongs to them. And they, you know, we feel like we're in a part of a, a big family. It's not like, you know, Jim and Bruce and Thurman and those guys are like these celebrity. They are, but they're these rocks. They're more like yeah. successful members of your family. Sure. You know what I mean? Yes, 100%. And that's, well, that's, that's the difference. Well, watching these people come up and say hi to you here at Wegmans yeah, yeah. and everything, it's not, there's a sense of, Oh, we know you. You're yeah, Steve. They you know don't. what I mean? It, it's kind of fun it's to see. Rare, it's like, it's hey. rare that somebody's shot, too shy to come up and say hi. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's you, good. Like, if it was Jim or Thurman, me and Josh, too, people are like, I don't want to bother you. I'm sorry. You know, they come up and I yeah. just would it be our, And they ask somebody else if they can ask you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? People don't ask anybody if they can come up and talk to me. I send them your way. <laughs> right. I'm like, hey, by the way, right. Steve's sitting over right. there. They oh. come right over. Hey, Steve, what's going it's on? It's good, I'm, though. And then, like, like... <laughs> I took a picture of the lady in the in the choose buff the choose love T-shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, um, yeah, they just come up and they go, "Hey, all right, I met you already." Like, like I'm supposed. She goes, "Way back when Thurman Thomas had his show, when we were playing like thirty this thirty years ago." She goes, "I already met you." So it's like now we're automatically friends. friends. It's the best. It's the absolute best, and I love that about Bills fans and and of the way they treat the players and the way they particularly me because that's my firsthand knowledge. But it's like I said, it's not a fan. It's not in a fan base. It's a family. Yeah. And that's why these guys, you know, like Josh and Dawson Knox and this Give 716 thing, all these guys jump on. And Sean and Jamie, they jump on board with it because they feel it, too. They feel like they're part of something um, something special with a, with a fan base that's really unique. And, and it's, and it's a, at least a small part and a little bit of a factor in how many guys we've seen leave Buffalo in free agency and then wind up right back in Buffalo. It's happened a couple of times, particularly with Sean and Brandon. Exactly, because they realize, hey, you know what? That was a pretty cool thing I had going on back in Buffalo. Let's just yeah. go revisit that. Yeah, I get it. And, and you know, Jordan Phillips is a prime example of that. Yep. Um, Shaq Lawson yep. is another prime example of that. Uh, those guys who have been other places. And I'll say this, too. Jordan Phillips plays his best football in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, He's a force, and he's a great, he's the perfect example of that. Um he went away, uh, made a pile of money at uh, made a pile of money at Arizona, and came back. And he's gone a year. And certainly, like DeAndre Hopkins over the weekend signing with Tennessee, the money is extremely important to these guys. They're going to be pro athletes for a very short amount of time, and for their future and for the family's future, it, it makes no sense not to take the money. But when they have a choice, 
sure. and everything else is equal, it's very cool. It's gratifying to see them pick Buffalo and to come back and say hello and, and to be a part of this our organization, this town. Yeah, they treat you like you're one of theirs. I mean, Steve, really Ta- do. Steve Tasker, Josh Reed here on Give 716 Day. We're talking to you, uh, Bills fans, not only about seven, Give 716, but we also have a, a Twitter question out. It's now that DeAndre Hopkins is off the table, and if you haven't heard, he signed with the Tennessee Titans for a two-year, $26 million deal. Uh, and we want to know, how do you feel now about the wide receiver group of the Buffalo Bills headed into the season now that DeAndre Hopkins is not going to be a part of that? I assume, maybe wrongly, that most people feel the same as they, today as they did yesterday when it was a question or two days ago when it was a question. Uh, and you go down the list of wide receivers the Buffalo Bills have in their wide receiver room. There's no shortage. they got 13 guys on contract right now. From It goes Khalil Shakir, Deontay Hardy, Gabe Davis, Steph Diggs, Marcel Aitman, Trent Shurfield, Justin Shorter, Desmond Patman, Tyrell Shavers, Keyshawn Johnson, Isaiah Coulter, Jalen Wayne, and Brian Thompson. Some of those guys Bills fans are not familiar with, but one of the things, and you might have noticed this too, and we've talked about it a little bit at length during the offseason, when, when you go out and watch these guys practice, in training camp and minicamp and the OTAs, and you see the wide receivers standing around, all the new guys, or for, and by and large, except for Deontay Hardy, all the new guys, guys like Marcel Aitman, even Sherfield, Justin Shorter, Desmond Patton, Shavers, Keyshawn Johnson, they're big. Very big. They're much bigger than they've been in years past. Now, they, you can't see it the way... The way I look at it, you can't look at it knowing what we knew last year and what we saw last year. You can't see this group of receivers this year and not think, hmm, there's a plan. There's an idea or there's a, something they learned about their guys last year that they either didn't like or that they liked or whatever. But there was a real effort to get these guys bigger at that position, physically bigger. Yeah, I think they've cornered the market on the smaller guys already. I mean, I, I think that they knew that the – Guys they had that were going to be key pieces were on the smaller side, so who do you add? You add a different skill set. You know, you bring in guys who you don't have that kind of aren't in the exact same mold. I mean, you don't need any more Khalil Shakir. You know, you, you have him. You have Deontay Hardy, who's not a big guy. You know, they, they already went out and got Trent Sherfield, who's not a big guy. So then... The other guys you add need to look different, play a different role. I I think Justin Shorter is a guy that I'm out of the main group, you know, a guy that might not be in that main, main group. He's a guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing how he progresses when we get up to Fisher. We have had a couple of calls over the last week or two about Shorter uh, and people asking about him because he is a big dude and he's got some physical abilities. You know, he's fast, big, strong, all that stuff. Um, it's going to be interesting to see this wide receiver core take shape because once you get past Diggs, Davis, Deontay Hardy, Sherfield, um, Sherfield, and Shakir, probably. and Shakir, you've probably got one or two guys that are going to be fixtures on the roster, and what they're able to do not only you know as a receiver but also special teams that kind of stuff uh, is going to be huge as to what they bring to the table, and. I'm excited to see him play against NFL-caliber competition in preseason games and all that because, you know, that's all we're going to see is those guys. Diggs ain't going to catch him. He may catch one pass in the preseason. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to see who these guys can really help and how much they can help. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see. And you, 
we always talk about how vanilla the playbook. They, they're not going to show a whole lot of different looks during the preseason. But we'll get an idea of a little bit of how Ken Dorsey wants to maneuver these guys and, you know, inside, outside, where guys look more comfortable, you know, when we get up to Fisher. And, I, and in particular, you know, you start thinking about Dalton Kincaid and sure. where he fits into the, you know, is yeah, he a big slot? Is he, you know, because yeah. to me, that I think that's a guy that everybody's going to be watching because most of the other guys that are going to be playmakers and get a big share of targets are guys we've seen on the field with Josh before. He's right. not a guy right. that we've seen yet, so that's going to be fun. We're going to take a break. Steve Tasker, Josh Reed here at the McKinley Park Wegmans um, on Give716. You can go to give716.org, make a contribution. Uh, starting at 2 o'clock, which is just two minutes away, Sean and Jamie McDermott are going to match up to $20,000 any any donation you give to whatever charity you give you decide to give to. So take a minute, go to the website, give716.org, pick us charity, make a donation. Sean and Jamie McDermott will match that for the next hour. Steve Tasker, Josh Reed here on Buffalo Bills Radio, brought to you by Kaleida Health. This is, this is One Bills Live. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. Welcome back to One Bills Live. Our thanks to uh, Sean and Jamie McDermott for matching funds for this hour coming up here from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock. $20,000. Anybody that goes to give716.org makes a contribution to any one of the over 500 charities available to contribute to and sean and jamie will match those funds also thanks to wegmans for matching funds in the last hour up to twelve thousand five hundred dollars same deal uh just go to give 716.org and make a contribution on this give 716 day um it's been a lot of fun uh, up to, it's been a big jump, seven hundred and twenty thousand, almost seven twenty thousand dollars uh given so far to um for those people who are, you know, for the cause, um, it's a big day, and it's it's awesome. This this next hour, Sean and Jamie are doing it. Uh, it's good to see. We're going to get to your your uh, response to our Twitter question. Our Twitter question was: Now that DeAndre Hopkins is off the table, how do you feel about the Bills wide receiver group heading into this season? Camp is is eight days away. I mean, they're going to they're going to report a week from tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be over at St. John Fisher. The team is set. The roster's set. There's going to be some tweaks here and there, but man, oh man, they're going into with the guys they've got in the room. We, as we mentioned, I read them off a little bit ago. Thirteen names on the list, so there's probably more than you remember, uh, and a lot of guys that you probably don't know, even if you're the most staunch Bills fan. Uh, but they're going into the season with the guys that you do know. Five of them are pretty prominent: uh, Khalil Shakir, Deontay Hardy, Gabe Davis, Steph Diggs. And Trent Sherfield, uh, Sherfield coming over from Miami Dolphins, uh, and Deontay Hardy from the uh, New Orleans Saints. 
those are the five guys that really kind of top the depth chart, at least to the casual observer. Certainly maybe the coaching staff has a maybe different idea or maybe some designs on somebody else being as an, uh, a bigger part of it. And, of course, Dalton Kincaid will have something to say about who plays and what happens on the field. But if you get to the – some of you have already responded uh, to what your thoughts are about the wide receiver group from Brad. He says this. He goes, I like the wide receiver talent. More concerned about how Dorsey will game plan to make the most of that talent. So, yeah, certainly Ken Dorsey is a big part of this. It's hard to throw rocks at what they accomplished last year offensively. Uh, they were number one in the league at third down. They scored more points than anybody except Kansas City in the regular season last year. Uh, certainly, not, you know, the season didn't end the way they wanted it to. I think there's a lot of reasons for that that don't have anything to do with Ken Dorsey um, or Leslie Frazier or Sean McDermott, for that matter. Um, I think they were doing all they could to, to get through those that last month of the season after what happened to uh, DeMar Hamlin, where Luke, Luke Knox, um, the storm, the two winter storms they had to suffer through, the games that was get, that were getting moved, um, all of that stuff conspired to kind of sabotage the season. Plus, injuries are a part of everybody's season, but man, they had some key guys go down. So a lot of things conspired. Uh, you know, they still won a playoff game and had some good things going on, but the season just ended a little bit um, non-ceremoniously with the loss to Cincinnati. But for the most part, I think I'm like them. I like the guys at wide receiver, and I'm excited about what they're going to do. Yeah, I, I, with or without DeAndre Hopkins. I, I get the comment about Ken Dorsey, but here, here's the thing: I, I thought one of my one of the things that I always go back to is at the end of the season when I I believe it was Brandon Bean in his in his end of the season wrap up press conference when he was asked about Ken Dorsey. He said. Well, I'd like to think that we're all better at our jobs the second year than we were the first year and sure. the third year than we were the first. And keep in mind, as you said, they had the second most points in the NFL last year, and it was his first year as an offensive coordinator in yeah. the NFL. So yeah. uh, now assuming that the, the, you know, the trend continues in the right direction, then you're fine. I mean, well, to sure. me, not, not so much the wide receiver. It's going to be interesting to see how Dalton Kincaid kind of gels into the whole thing and how, how much – more 12 personnel do we see yeah. next year? Because Dawson Knox, I can't imagine, is going to all of a sudden see a huge drop in his playing time. So, I mean, is there? do we see a lot more packages where it's Dawson yeah. out there with Dalton? And, and certainly I, I think a lot of people, you know, I, <laughs> I think most people, most Bills fans, I, I don't know, I'm exaggerating to make a point because they're not exactly like this, but they sit back and they go, like, wow me. Well, yeah. They kind of wave right. their hand at the screen to – Ken Dorsey go, wow, man, I want to see something I haven't seen before. I want, you know, I want Dalton Kincaid to do stuff. I want Gabe Davis to play better. I want Steph Diggs to be the centerpiece of the offense. And that James Cook guy, yeah. Yeah. And Naeem Hines, do something by with the him way. Too. Do something Naeem with him, Hines. too. Naeem Hines. Let's yeah. make sure he gets yeah. 12 touches and I want, Yeah, and I want to see Naeem Hines break loose. And I want to see, and also, by the way, too, uh, Latavius Murray and, yeah, Latavius Murray and uh, the new the new running backs. You know, I want those guys. I want to see those guys, too. You know, they're. It, there's just so much going on with it, you know. Damian Harris, Latavius Murray. I want, I, you know, we're all sitting back going, you know, I want to be impressed. Do it, you know. And it's not a easy to do. Uh, there's only one football in the game, and you, if somebody starts doing what they do with the football, you're going to give them more and those other sure. guys less. Uh, last year, in the second half of the season, you know, Josh's arm gets a little hurt, and and uh, 
you know, the injuries start to take their toll. It it was tough. It was it was tough, and that because I, I think more so than anything, more so than even Josh's injury. I really think this team was dragging around a ball and chain of trying to overcome the emotional content that the DeMar Hamlin incident had. And, and people kind of get tired of me saying that. I can't, I can't stress enough how, what kind of effect I believe that had on them. Um, it was rough on a lot of these guys. And I thought at the end of the last season, I was really of a mind that there were going to be four or five guys on the team that would never be back. Uh, I don't know that that's the case, how I feel now. I think they've kind of, now that DeMar's back and everything's, they kind of healed up. But I thought there was a handful of guys, maybe even some prominent players, that were going to have to, like, go someplace else for a fresh start. That's how toxic it was for them to try and be productive in the midst of what was going on last season. And the the public outcry and the national support they got and, and the enormous cloud that that had over the organization, I really thought they were going to have a roster turnover of some guys just because of that. That's how bad it was for a minute. So have them come back and then explode into this and get these wide receivers and have them, you know, this, there's only three guys from last year's team here on the wide receiver room. Three. Yeah, John Brown's gone. Cole Beasley's gone. I mean, it, th- those are two guys that they had to bring in, right, to, to kind of make things work yeah. and make it mesh and yeah. figure it out. But there's just not that many guys. Here's the thing, too. I, I don't know that enough people, to your point, everything that happened at the end of the year, how heavily it weighed. But well, the fact that sometimes you play a team at the wrong time and they're just as good as you, if not yeah. better. And guess what? The Bengals are good. Yeah, they were. Yeah, well. So the season ended against it. It's not like they got upset by a team that was just not It good. wasn't an upset. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, think sometimes, game. I think sometimes we forget how good the Bengals are. Absolutely. Uh, they're very good. And you get to the divisional round of the playoffs, everybody's good. Everybody's playing really well. That's just the, that's the way it is. Uh, even if they're not as talented as you, they're playing as well as you. And I, and I think last year the Bills, during the regular season, the Bills were better than most of the teams, if not all the teams they played. The Bills had to play bad, and you had to play good mm-hmm. in order to get the win. That you, you could play good, but if the Bills are playing good, they win. If the Bills are playing bad and you play bad, the Bills still win. Mm-hmm. If you play good and the Bills don't, or if something, you know, they get something bad happen to them, you can you can eke out of victory. Maybe, maybe, maybe. There's, that's how there, good they half are. the league still that wouldn't is, win. That that's exactly right. That is how good they were last year. And you have, and to me, I have every reason to believe they're going to be better this year. Now, there's going to be some other teams that are better. The Jets going to be better. The Dolphins will probably be a little better, and the Patriots will probably be better too. With, uh, with Bill O'Brien, at, at offensive coordinator, they're going to be better. So all these teams got better. The Bills are going to be better, too. Yeah. And, you know, how much better they get and how much better they can stay, you know, staying away from injuries, staying away from all that. And these, these receivers that we're talking about in this segment here uh, have a lot to say about whether the Bills can keep up in that arms race or, or at least stay ahead in the arms race for, for the other teams. You know, a lot has been obviously said probably too much at this point about the dig stuff but let's face it as soon as he steps out there week one he goes for seven eight catches 110 yards and a touchdown 
all we're going to be talking about is, man. oh, man, he's still one of the top two, three wide receivers in the NFL. And, and he is. Yeah, yeah sure. And he is. And we won't be talking about, oh, man, it was so important for him to be at OTAs and to be at, wow. you know what I mean? It's, I've, that I've, guy is, he's, he's a star. I've I mean, told people, I, they, this thing with Diggs ain't, is nothing. I mean, there's nothing. I, and I, I know it sounds like I'm, you know, trying to gloss over something. I, I just can't get my mind around thinking there's anything that is going to derail Josh. And De- they're too good of buddies. And, and they're too good at their job. Right. So, and listen, if, when you go out there, and I don't care if Diggs gets two targets for one catch and, and, and ten yards, if they're winning games, Diggs ain't going to squawk. Yeah. That's the kind of guy he is. That, he's here to win. And whatever he can do to help, he's going to. But he knows he can contribute. So if it's not going well and he's not getting a chance to contribute, that's when everybody squawks, not just Steph Diggs. That's when you played with a few of those guys. I, right? I played with a few guys that could squawk. Yes. And but, that's just and the way Especially it is. when the things weren't going right. That's right. Right? I mean, that's what you do. Things aren't you going right. You want to help. contributor. You want to be let out me, there. Yeah, let yeah. me help. Yep. And that's, you know, and whether or not that's where Diggs was in this offseason is irrelevant because they're going to be just as good as they were this year. Nobody's going to be squawking when they're winning games. Sure. And, and that's the way it goes, yep. you know. So uh, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally like shrugging my shoulders over the Steph Diggs stuff because I'm, I mean, yeah. It'll be a non-story I'm, by yeah. preseason from, game Also one. on the tweet sheet from Steve, not me, but somebody else. I feel great. I think a majority of fans are too critical of Gabe. I mean, Gabe Davis. Diggs didn't have a 1,000-yard season until year four. And Devontae Adams, it was year five. People need to be patient and let players develop. This attitude scares me when it comes to how Kincaid will be judged this year. It's an interesting question. We'll get to this. Brownie and I will get to this when we start talking about tight ends and how this offense is going to contribute or develop. Dalton Kincaid, how are they going to evaluate the young players on this team like, are people going to be quick to discount Dalton Dawson or Dalton Kincaid? I mean, they didn't do that to Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox had a bad case of the drops when he was a rookie, a young player. He had trouble catching the ball consistently. Uh, what are they going to do, you know, if Kincaid gets off to a slow start? Are they going to pounce on him? What if, You know, Deontay Hardy or what if Diggs or Davis doesn't get off to a – what if Davis or Hardy – or Sherfield doesn't get off to a fast start. And once again, it's Steph Diggs and nobody else. Um, how are they going to come down and evaluate these guys and these teams? Um, I Last year, notwithstanding, um, getting off to a fast start really helps light things on fire going forward yeah, in the first month of the season. Yeah, I think Kincaid is the one that you, you people need to pump the brakes on a little bit because we've seen it in the past. Kyle Pitts comes out, and he's supposed to be the greatest tight end, you know, since Tony Gonzalez. Like, he's the next Tony Gonzalez and Gronk and, and Kelsey, and, and you mash them all up, Six, and that's going to be Kyle Pitts. Three, yeah. and, but, I mean, look, it takes a little time, especially for tight ends, to, to get acclimated to the NFL. Right. Now, granted, Kyle Pitts didn't have Josh Allen throwing the ball, so maybe, maybe his acclimation right. to the NFL would have been a lot quicker and a lot sure. easier if he had that level quarterback. Yeah, you can always make that point, that argument. So I think, I I do think Dalton Kincaid will, I personally think he'll be 
pretty involved in the offense early. I, I do. I think they'll they'll look to find him a way because I think he is a mismatch. I'll tell you what. It's interesting because you think about what, what happens if the Bills are winning games, playing well, scoring like they you know like got off to a fast start last year, and things are going really well, but Dalton Kincaid is like nowhere to be seen. The the team will have no problem with that. Oh, the, I the know team, that. It, what, right. Sean, I'm not talking about Sean, the team. I'm the talking fans, about you and me out fans, here. Yeah, the fans. Oh, the fans will look for something. It's right. it's it's fandom. You know, it's part of being a fanatic, right? I mean, that's you're always looking for which What's screw is a little loose What's and a little perfect? off kilter. Yeah. You know, where can I point yeah. my, my, you know, it's anxiety? It's an interesting phenomenon because it was it's exactly where they were last year. You go through the week two, they go 31-10 over the Rams. They go 41-7 over Tennessee. And then week three, they melt in Miami. And in week three, they melt in Miami. It's like, you know. They're ready to toss Kenny Dorsey off the train. You know what I mean? Well, that was the wasn't that the game where they they showed Ken up in the and he, he threw broke, the, yeah, and he that became so, a huge storyline, oh, yeah. right? I get Even it. Even nationally, that became like a huge storyline. Let me tell you, I love that. I, I have no problem with it. I at loved all. it. I and it's funny too. And it, they did the thing with Josh and Ken Dorsey saying, "Well, he goes, I'm you know," that, and Josh he goes, "I'm not really that." I'm not a psychopath. Kenny Dorsey saying, listen, I'm not really a psychopath. I'm, you know, just, and Josh saying, you know, that's exactly what a psychopath would say about himself. You're right. But, but stuff like that becomes bigger when there's less to talk about. Sure. And that's where the team was for a large segment of last year. They, they, um, you know, they get out to, they were lumping people up. They were a really hard team to beat. They were losing games by the, you know, teams were just fighting, clawing, scratching, and finally eking out a win against this team. And otherwise, you just weren't beating them. Uh, but it didn't feel like that. And I think that is the weirdly, really weird thing about this stretch of the Josh Allen era. As good as they are, and man, oh man, you talk to anybody, they are, they're impossible to beat. You need help from them to beat them. If the team doesn't it, lead the league in rushing and passing, it's a problem. Right. It's it's <laughs> right? Re- you really the bar to clear to make fans happy really goes up and up and up and up. You know, it's the same thing in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cincy. Listen, I've done Kansas City games, and you drive back to the airport and listen to the local radio station in Kansas City after a game they win, and it is vicious. It's unbelievable. It's like if they don't fix this, they are in a world of hurt. I'm like, well, not really now. They ain't in a world really. of hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's the way we are. And this, this stuff about the wide receiver, it really is. There should be some real questions about how good. And certainly, I believe Gabe Davis is going to take a step forward this year because he, he had a down year last year. I think he had some things to learn about himself and about being a number two guy and on the field and a little bit. Uh, his catch ratio's got to rise. He only had, he caught half the balls that were thrown to him. He's got to do better than that. Um, I think he will. I think it's in there for him to do it better. Steph Diggs is going to be just as good as he was a year ago, no question about it. But then you get to, you know, Khalil Shakir. It was a non-factor for most of last year. Trent Sherfield carved out a place in his, for himself pretty admirably in Miami. But Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill will attract a little bit of attention. 
So you should be able to flex a little bit in that little space that they leave you. Deontay Hardy. We've seen Isaiah McKenzie come in and try and make some things happen, and it just didn't work out for him. Don't know why. And Deontay Hardy's not Isaiah McKenzie. How's that going to work out? This wide receiver room probably has less knowns as Buffalo Bills. Now, and these two guys coming in, Sherfield and Hardy coming in as Buffalo Bills, and then Shaquille, Shakir emerging as, you know, the third guy. There's probably more question marks about this group this year than there were a year ago, but I think even football people are perceiving it to be a better group, even though we've never seen them play together and in this offense. I think Brandon did a good job this offseason of finding different pieces that he can move around. The NFL is such a, and Sean talks about this a lot, a week-to-week yeah. matchup-to-matchup league. you got to find what another team's weakness is and then adjust your game plan toward that to attack. Right. And it's not just, hey, what we do well is drop back 65 times and throw it down the field 40 yards. Right. What we do is... You know what? What the Bills I think are trying to do is have enough weapons that they can move around and put in different positions to go. Hey, there may be a week right. where Dalton Kincaid plays ten percent of the snaps, not right. because he's having a down year, but because the matchup's not right. And then the next week, maybe that jumps up to sixty-five percent of right. the snaps because the matchup's right. Exactly. That's 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 the state of the NFL now. It's rare, even for a team like Kansas City team like Buffalo, team like Cincinnati, it's rare for you to beat a team when that team's doing what it does best, even for a great team. You know, the, the Bengals are trying to beat you, kind of get you to play them left-handed. They'll get you with matchups and that kind of thing. But if if their strength is your strength, it, it's going to be a heavy lift. It's hard for teams defensively and offensively to go in and beat a team at what that team does well because that's, you know, it's the NFL. That's just kind of how teams are put together these days. And they're going to have good players too. So what you need to do, and like what you can see exactly what the Bills are thinking, we need to have an offense where, okay, we're going to play two tight ends this year, this week, and we're going to be really good at that too. You're not, we are. Or we're going to play four wides this week. I know you're, you guys, you know, you have, don't have enough corners to go around. We do. We're going to make you go four corners, and we're going to beat you that way. Or, you know what, we're going to go two tight ends and two running backs this week yeah. and have Steph Diggs on the field, and that's it. And Damian Harris running that's right. up the, between that's the right. tackles, right? That's, that's the idea for a guy to get it to Ken Dorsey to say, okay, here's, here's all, you know, you, you throw your game plan, your game book in, your playbook in. And it's got all every team's got all of that stuff available. That's that's the NFL. You gotta have every offensive set, every personnel grouping in your arsenal. But there's gonna be two or three of them that some teams just have to completely throw out. Because they're not they can't do it well enough to beat anybody at anything, no matter how bad that other team is. So what that's they get a shorter and shorter menu of what they can do well. The Bills, their menu is pretty big. They can do a lot of things and hurt you really bad offensively. Their defense same thing. Defense is different. With under Leslie Frazier, they did one thing, played a lot of things, but with the same people on the field. You didn't know what they were doing. And with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer back there running circles, literally running in circles and playing teeter totter before the snap, never standing still. He's, you don't know where they're going to line up when the, after the ball snap they sprint to where they're supposed to be. 
and you, you lose all that stuff. So defensively, same thing. They cross you up. You never know where they're going to be matchup-wise defensively. At least that's the way it's been in the past, and it's been very successful. So it's all about having the people to give you the flexibility to match up however you decide to match up. The Bills believe their 11, their 11 guys defensively can match up against anybody, and it proven to be pretty true. Well, and they added some depth. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I really like the Taylor Rapp signing. Like, I think that that, because I think one of the things that the, the organization learned when they dealt with the Poyer and Hyde injuries and stuff, and then, of course, Tamar, right. you know, is, all right, not as deep as they'd like to be at safety. And the fall-off was pretty big, you know, when you started going down. Mm-hmm. Well, you mm-hmm. add Taylor Rapp to the group, suddenly you, that drop-off isn't as severe from right. Hyde and Poyer to Taylor Rapp, a guy who has a ton of it. started over 40 games for the Rams. I mean, he, I think he's yes, going to be a he's good really contributor. Good. Yeah. And I, and I think, too, he's, he's actually so good you may want to get him on the field in I agree. third and long can, anyway. Can you take some miles take a, off of – Poyer and Hyde a little bit yeah, during even, the season. We're actually on third and long to leave those guys on and put him in in place of the middle linebacker mm-hmm. and put Milano over to the mic and then, you know. Once again, chess right, pieces. Right, it's just moving it's guys just around. Being able to do it. Plus, another thing about the Bills' defense is the fact I like, I like all their corners. Kyir Elam, uh, Christian Benford, of course, Tredavious White, Taron Johnson, Dane. and Dane Jackson. They've got five corners who've got some chops. Certainly, uh, Tredavious and Taron are as Two of the, the things that they do are as good as anybody in the NFL. Kyir Elam and Christian Benford have battled out, and they are, they've shown themselves to be quality NFL corners as well. And Dane Jackson, I mean, you can't get rid of him. He's he's, he's, he's the new Levi Wallace, yeah. right? Every time you turn around and you think he's probably not going to factor into the – he's out on the he's field. On the he's on the field. Yep. Yeah. Um, guys like that, you know, Sean McDermott loves guys like that, and, and they have helped the team be really solid defensively along with Poirier and Hyde with those corner, that cornerback group. They don't lose anything back there. I mean, they played most of the year last year without Tredavious, and certainly the entire year without Tredavious as he has been, and they were still top five defense. You wouldn't know it hearing yeah. people talk. Well, right? say this but too. that's the yeah. standard right. that has that's, been set. Like we were talking about on offense, same as on defense. That's one of the frustrating things about the Bills' defense. Statistically, they're as good as anybody in the league, but they're they're rarely spectacular. Mm-hmm. They're just consistent. They're hard to play against. All that, but, man, you never see them like, well, you know, then when Vaughn was there early in the season last year, you thought, okay, now we yeah. got that, right? Well, that didn't last that long enough, right? Uh, when Vaughn goes out on Thanksgiving, like, you know, you stink. So, your, your pass rush falls off a cliff. So that kind of attitude and that kind of perception about the defense is real. Even though statistically they're great, they felt, I think they feel like, and, they, and there's some hope now with Sean McDermott handling the defense, maybe it's going to be a little different. We'll see. We'll see. But there's a lot in this team that is intriguing and a lot that's really encouraging. Everything, every question mark this team has, it's easy to see. I think the answer for where it's going to be. Maybe middle linebacker is a is an issue, you know, because they, they have a void there. But I don't know. I, I have a hard time thinking that spot is would be a difference-making drop-off from where Tremaine Edmonds was to where any of these other guys are going to be. Certainly they may have to do some different things, platoon some guys, or run some different personnel combinations where they'd never had to before. But I think they'll be able to comp- compensate for what 
uh, uh, Tremaine Edmonds left behind. You know, Micah was asked about that inside linebacker spot, just kind of where he sees it. And he said, look, as long as whatever young guy is in there, as long as they make the decision and make it quickly, it it doesn't matter. He was like, look, as lo- if we're all reading off of the same sheet of music, it doesn't matter. It like as if it's the wrong call, but we all have the same call, we'll be fine. Right. It right. will be fine. Right, right, and, right. And so I think that having those guys back there, him and Poyer, with all that experience, that helps. And Milano next to him. Jay Harris, are we having uh, the chef on today? Yeah, Hannah's coming on. All right, Hannah's coming. Ham- <laughs> Hannah Ahart is coming on. A Wegman's chef is coming on. Say hi to us. She fed us today, by the way, so I kind of feel like we owe her a little bit of spot, right? Okay. Steve Tasker, <laughs> Josh Reed. We're going to come back after the break. One Bills Live presented by Kaleida Health. This is Buffalo Bills Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to One Bills Live. Steve Tasker, Josh Reed. Please be joined by Hannah Ahart, who is the, what, which chef are you? The head chef? Executive I'm chef? Sous chef. Sue I will chef. be executive chef, hopefully soon. Very nice. There you go. <laughs> You're here, uh, here at Wegmanson. By the way, thanks for feeding us today. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. You. You were great. That was great. Love and uh, you're a, you know, you're kind of affiliated with this Meals to Go thing that, and you guys work with the Bills. We're getting ready for training camp. You guys yeah. are getting geared up for the yeah. season. Yep. You got a lot going on because you like <clears throat> kind of a, industry here where particularly this mckinley park mm-hmm. we're so <laughs> location. Close. we're so close to the stadium right so you we're get a ton of tailgaters of right yeah. yeah i just want to talk a little bit about meals to go and how easy it is to download the app on your phone and you can go in and order subs pizza sushi um it's super easy to go in you can put your credit card online get it all paid for and then that takes away from needing to come into the store and wait in the line right um you could even set it up to order and uh, do curbside pickup, so you don't even have to get out of your car. But if you're right. on your way to tailgate to the games, or so you do that a lot on Sundays at the games, right? You've got oh, a ton yes. of people scooting through here. It's mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't want to say a drive-through, but it's kind of like a drive-through. Yeah, it's a party. We yeah. have our tailgaters in here early in the morning, getting ready for the games and picking up subs and pizza. And they're all doing the same thing, and they're all mm-hmm. like hooting and it's kind of one of those things right that's right what time do you guys open up on game day we get set up by 6 a.m we have our people coming in and getting everything all ready to go and people are probably outside waiting outside the door to get to get in to get their food yep as soon as the doors open we've got bills fans in here lining up um We'll make coffee. We'll get hot breakfast sandwiches out on the hot bars so that they can have breakfast sandwiches. Ah, that's <laughs> great. What am I doing in the parking lot? i got to come to Wegman, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and <clears throat> pretty soon, the stadium's going to be, what, 400 yards closer to, the, to Wegmans. Mm-hmm. So uh, have you been, you know, getting geared up for this training camp? It's about ready to start. You guys, uh, first preseason game's coming up, yep. although I think it's on the road. Uh, I'm not sure. August yeah. uh, was yeah. it? August? First one's on the road. Fifth. First on the road. Yeah. Last one's here. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep, we uh, have that on the calendar. Getting ready to schedule for that. Make sure we have all the right people in the right places. Um, you know, projecting to sell tons of uh, sub trays and you know, large pizzas, sheet pizzas. So this meals to go. This meals number two to go. Uh, Said you deli- do you deliver? We deliver. Yeah, we Seriously. work with. Um, uh, DoorDash uh, right. folks will come in, and uh, if you get it delivered, DoorDash will bring it I to you. I did not know DoorDash mm-hmm. delivered from Wegmans. Yes. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Learned something new. Yeah. So yeah. you don't even have to. You'll be having it all. I have the app. 
Mm-hmm. See that? What do you think of that? Yeah, yeah? it's super easy. Well, you just open I it have it. What do you think of that? You're I actually credit. used it to You're get some. I got some subs yesterday. You are no joke. Thank you. I got a turkey sub. You are not getting credit for downloading the app in the commercial. the commercial. Come on. Hey, so you're a sous chef, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, yep. So what does Hannah make at home? Oh, what are you good, good at making? That's a good question. I uh, think so. I mean, I, you know, that's uh, I'm a reporter. I have a nanny. <laughs> she just turned 94 yesterday. Oh, um, happy birthday. Thank that's you. That's great. Uh, growing up, she taught me everything Italian. So uh, I can make really good pasta, pasta sauce, manicotti, uh, fresh noodles, like anything Italian. I love, I love cooking. Um, I'm learning more about Asian cuisine, though, and I've learned a lot at Wegmans. They've uh, put me through uh, a cooking school called Ruby, so I learned a lot about um, Asian and all different kinds of cuisine When did you know you were a foodie? That's a good question. When I got introduced to sushi. Seriously? Yeah. Uncooked raw food. Mm -hmm. I'm a sushi person, too. Don't listen to me. I'll say this. No, I do like it. I grew up in Midwest in the center of Kansas where – there is no seafood. It's beef mm-hmm. and nothing but beef and some pork, right? And the occasional, if you really want to go healthy, you eat a chicken whole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so I, it took me a long time to get used to eating seafood. and that. Sushi was like, is like the far end of the spectrum from where I grew up. I've come to really like it, really enjoy sushi. Good. It's really good, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm an Ohio guy, so I get thing. that. And no. I'm a sushi guy now. That's, yeah, right? So that's, that's what turned you on to being a food, or when you realized? I... I went to school for art, and when I got into the sushi world and saw how in-depth it is, like, it, it truly is an art form in terms of, like, food, and I right. fell in love with that. So, yeah. What's the one food that you're, like, you can't master? You haven't figured out how to cook it right yet. Oh, that's a good question. There's plenty. I have plenty. a lot of these. I have a lot There's of these. There's plenty. Um, hmm. I never really thought about that. No? You haven't, you haven't really? gone that's to tricky. the kitchen a couple times and gone, gone, I just can't figure out how to make this. For me, it's everything. So is that's it? a long list. I'm, I'm not great in the kitchen. You can't boil water. I'm not, I'm not great in the kitchen. Hmm. I'm not very great at baking. Oh, I've ruined baking? a couple. I've, I've ruined some bread before. So give me how many different um, types of – there's sushi cooking, there's baking. Mm-hmm. There's like what? Itali- I mean, there's different kinds of food, but is there different kinds of being chef, you know, being chef – and how do they categorize that? Is it is it does it go by national cuisine like Italian, Asian? In know? terms of like where you rank as a chef? No, I'm talking about like the different like different specialities. I guess is what mm. I'm saying. I mean, there's so many different ways to prepare foods. Right. Like we talk about grilling and braising and, and boiling and cooking and and baking. There, I, there's so many different ways. Baking always seems to be very separate from... Baking is, when you talk baking, you're thinking more desserts and, right. and breads and stuff. Certainly. Um, but different cooking techniques, uh, like when you're talking about different ways to prepare meats, it's like right. the difference between braising or, or grilling, um, sous vide or, or steaming. Um, there's lots of different it's, Would you say the baking community is looked down upon inside the cooking uh, <laughs> community? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't think so. Do you, are they, you guys keep them separate a little bit at arm's length? <laughs> Not at Wegmans. No, we work together Everybody very works well. Yes. Okay. <laughs> right. we're, we're here with Hannah Ahart, sous chef here at Wegmans, and, and you guys getting geared up for the season just like everybody else oh, yeah. is. Um, what is the oh, – all right, here's your – everybody talks about, you know, everybody's got to, you know, got their own tailgate routine and that's mm-hmm. really basically what what's fun about a tailgate you, things you can count on mm-hmm. what's the next step that you see what's the trend in in uh, tailgating that you see for our fans yeah for our fans what's mm-hmm. the trend food trend 
That's a good question. I feel like more and more people have been bringing better food to tailgating. Higher um, food. Yeah, yeah. It's not just least, hot dogs anymore. No, oh, people man. are making chilies and all these different kinds wings. of soups. Uh, wings. Um, and obviously we do the, the subs and the pizza platters, but like you don't have to be have fun with it. Like make a whole spread for your for your family and <laughs> oh, your yeah. friends. Yeah. Go out. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Hannah Ahart, thanks for being here. Yeah, Sue Chef here at Wegmans. We'll see you. I know a lot of fans will be appreciative of you during the season. Yeah. Um, Thanks so much for stopping by today Thank with you. us. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. Steve Tasker, Josh Reed here, presented by Kaleida Health. This is Buffalo Bills Radio, and this is One Bills Live. We'll be right back. Welcome back to One Bills Live. Steve Tasker here with Josh Reed, ready to finish it up. Uh, give 716 org still open for business. Sean and Jamie McDermott matching up to $20,000. Your donations there today uh, through this hour up until 3 o'clock, the next few minutes. Uh, the number's getting up. Yep. Let me refresh 739. Yeah, hold on. i got to refresh this. I haven't, yeah, 739.9. Um, it, it's climbing steadily all day throughout the day. It's been great. Josh, um, we've been talking about, you know, stuff going on with – the team and the wide receiver room. There's, what do you see as any major theme as to why the Bills and, and particularly in the national media, the only thing people are saying is that well, their their windows closing. You know, um, what do you think they see that causes them to think that? I don't know why, because as long as 17's at quarterback, the window's not closed. Yeah. I mean, as long as he is is healthy, um, as long as they got Josh Allen, the window is not closed. I mean, look, yeah. they're going to have to retool sooner rather than later. So, the if if they say the window is closing on this version of this team, that I can buy because they're going to have to retool, and there's going to be some veterans that aren't going to be here past maybe this year or maybe the following season more there's yeah. going to be some of that's going to need to happen but you're you're i mean as long as josh allen's there yeah it, it's not closed and would, it's not yeah. closing i would agree and you know we've talked to about uh, today we asked our listeners about you know deandre hopkins signed with the tennessee titans over the weekend how do they view the wide receiver room herb says i feel really good about our wide receivers i believe dalton kincaid will be an outlier you could have a breakout first season like we wouldn't ever imagine. Sprinkle in Justin Shorter, Hardy, Sherfield, and we will have the best wide receiver crew we've ever had. Sit back and enjoy and stay healthy. That's, an, that's a huge aspect of this is the health and the stuff that you can't control. Certainly um, injuries play a part in every NFL team's season, and the Bills have notoriously been very good at that, although last year was the exception to that. Not only do they get injuries, they got them to key top-flight guys, you know, like Vaughn and Micah Hyde and the, and the like. And then other guys were dragging them around. But I think this is as talented as I'm with you about this, you know, keeping it going, the window and stuff. This team has refurbished on the fly extremely well. They hold a lot of really important players to short-term deals, and they get a lot out of them, and they bring them back during season. They'll say, let's just sign them to another deal, another two-year deal, or they'll reward them for the play they've given them. Jordan Phillips is a great example of that. This team's philosophy about signing and retaining players, I think, keeps them fresh year to year. 
and I think it leans on Sean McDermott's ability to bring new guys in, like they are this year. they got a ton of new defensive tackles, and a lot of defensive tackles that are here just short term. they got a lot of guys like that that McDermott is good at including, you know, getting them acclimated, getting them part of the culture, making them feel comfortable. I think that's been his gift as a leader is getting the team cohesive short in a short amount of time. And I think Brandon's philosophy of signing guys to these short-term deals plays into that. So I don't think the window closes because of that, because that's the way they do business. They're fresh every year in their roster. And people want to play for a winner, right? I mean, if you're a free agent and you have a handful of options, you're a lot more attractive when you're a team that's constantly in the playoffs. It, it, you're, if, you're just more attractive. That's what it is. If you keep winning, guys give you a look. Sure. You know, and even guys who wouldn't obviously normally give you a look. Plus, not to a great extent, as the DeAndre Hopkins thing illustrates, if there's a big number out there, the guy's going to take the big number. But if it's close, they want to go someplace where they got a shot at maybe getting a championship. And if you're an offensive guy, you want to play with Josh Allen. That's right. I mean, that's right. You know, and quite frankly, the, the opposite holds true as well. If you're a defensive guy, you probably want to play with Josh, Allen. With Josh <laughs> yeah, right. Allen, right? right. From Jack on the tweet sheet, he says, I like it. I like the wide receiver room. I think Davis will have a bounce back year and show renewed health and focus. Excited to see what Hardy adds as a speedy shot slot guy. And I think Sherfield will surprise and impress us with his hand speed and work ethic. I hope Shakir can take a step and Kincaid will help as an X factor. A lot of these guys uh, – are really looking to really help out. I think a lot of people are intrigued by these by these new faces. Yeah, and you, they don't need all of them to exceed expectations. You know, you, you you probably have a good idea what Stephon Diggs is going to give them, and that's being elite. Then, you, you know, as long as Gabe Davis develops into, you know, that next guy. The guy we've seen. Yep, exactly. Then everything just trickles down. Josh Reed, thanks for coming in today, man. Appreciate you coming in and filling in for Brownie on 716 Day. Thanks for having me.